You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Oz Network as we come to you once again for another Nip Tuck episode. We are moving on so well into season four. We are now into the fifth episode. This one is called Dawn Budge. It first aired on the 3rd of October 2006, written by Hank Chilton. And directed by Elodie Keane. Uh, hopefully I got that correctly. The 49th episode in the history of Nip Tuck. We're about to cross a bridge next week of the halfway variety, but uh, we'll get to that in a moment. Plenty to talk about in this episode. It's a great episode. I always thoroughly enjoy this one. My name is Ben, and I want some new tits. Big ones. <laughs> and I'm Nick, and um, I wouldn't sit on the same toilet seat as you for 100 grand. 200 grand, maybe? Um, (laughs) Which, like, can we just, again, point out that for our female listeners who never have to use urinals, like, just imagine having to sit next to somebody basically on the same toilet seat when you take a leak. That's kind of what men have to do at urinals, all right? Don't like urinals. Just wanted to point that out. Um, This is a great episode, Nick. I think we kind of teased on this at the end of last week. We're on a good streak here in terms of uh, bites. Uh, I'm pretty sure, at least for myself, it's going to continue because we we get to meet the esteemed Dawn Budge, maybe the uh, most frequent uh, patient to come, at least in the second half of this show. Kind of, she she might take over from Mrs. Grubman, I guess, as kind of our most frequent sort of recurring uh, patient uh, amongst McNamara Troy. But, uh, yeah, I, I do love this episode. Well, I think we get some... Um, some different things with her than we did with Mrs. Grubman. Mrs. Grubman's, although we, you know, it, it twists and turns a little bit, you generally get the same type of character the whole way through, whereas Dawn Budge just, you know, goes through some different stuff, and I think she's just more brazen and more fun. Um, and, you know, I'd I, I, I preface that by saying I'm not the world's biggest um, Rosie O'Donnell fan. I'm not sure who is, really. I mean, no offence, Rosie, if you're listening, but I, I, I'm not sure who the fan base is for her, but... Um, you know, I think she's absolutely awesome in this role. She does such a good job with it. I'm a Rosie O'Donnell fan, I won't lie. Um, I mean, I think she's kind of a very underrated actor, and I think she shows her acting chops in this episode. I think she's actually a decent actor. Um, but I kind of think she sort of obviously has switched focus mainly now to... Well, I mean, she was on The View, I guess, and then I think she got fired from that, and now she just spends her time tweeting at Donald Trump, calling him a dickhead. So... I don't actually know what she does now, to be completely honest with you. Um, hasn't hosted a Survivor reunion. That's probably a good thing. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting with old Rosie, because I think I kind of mentioned that she was actually had a random cameo in an episode of uh, Third Watch. Like, she played a paramedic for, like, five seconds. Um, so she's got to cross over into Lost, no doubt, if they ever reboot that one day. Uh, to kind of tick off all the boxes because she's done Survivor, so she's done three out of the four. So um, mm. she's maybe our most complete one here. But uh, yeah, we'll get straight into it. And I, I mean, I kind of think that um, she. I mean, this is a memorable episode just because it's the first one with her in it, and just kind of a lot of stuff that's going on with this episode. I don't know if like you kind of uh, see the previously ons on the DVD. Because I mean, I know some DVDs kind of have them and then they don't. But I don't know if I really mentioned this too much last season. But we often seemingly get now when they do the previously on Nip Tuck, we kind of get this weird church bell sort of. Like in the background, do you ever notice that when they do the previously on Nip Tuck? Like it's just, I don't know. I've written that down for once to talk about. I don't know if you ever noticed that. No, but I'm definitely gonna look out for it. It's now. not. It's not something I have. Noticed. It's not on every episode, but it's just on some of them. It just makes it kind of like a little bit more dramatic when you have the previously on Nip Tuck, like this kind of weird sort of <laughs> noising uh, going on in the in the background. Um, we kind of get this nice little fun scene at the beginning of uh, Christian and James uh, having lunch. Uh, what is he like? The jig is up, sweetheart. I haven't even ordered lunch yet. Uh, and then it's, you know, kind of then back and forth, sort of, you know, he's trying to find out from her how much Michelle owes her when it comes to, like, getting her uh, off sort of her list, I guess. Um, I like it kind of when she, like, orders the uh, the wine and what is it, like, the Pinot Noir. I know, <laughs> I know we both enjoy the darker variety. Um, and then, of course, we kind of have just, like, you know, our now, I guess, regular nip-tuck sort of cross scene, don't we, where they're at lunch and then kind of we're seeing a scene of Michelle and uh, Sean, uh, Sean, Michelle and Christian having sex, basically, and kind of, you know, I can't do this anymore, Christian, and you were seducing me in the operating room. Um, one thing I've, I've written here that uh, Christian just uh, pulling off a pretty darn good-looking uh, pink shirt here... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, again, once again, like you often say, he could wear a potato sack and he would look good in it. Here he is wearing this bright pink shirt. 
Um, I've worn bright pink shirts before and it doesn't necessarily <laughs> look as good as me. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I kind of like, uh, just this sort of this, this opening bit. And James mentions that, uh, she's in debt to her $500,000 basically, uh, for services. And Christian's like, that's ridiculous. And she said, well, I paid for her for medical school. She promised to give me four years of services. She gave me like, what, two, I think. Uh, and then, um, James sort of asked the question, do you love her? Uh, and then he doesn't answer, uh, and then just kind of like, you know, the, the cross scene where we're kind of seeing her in the bedroom, she leaves and Christian's sad. Um, and, uh, yeah, Christian's obviously saying, oh, I don't have that type of money right now. Um, and you know, but I'm sure you can find that money. Essentially, that's what she says. So I, I just, I just love James. I love the character of James and Jacqueline Bissett just does his character so well. And, uh, I don't know. There's just something about it that I just really, really enjoy this kind of sinister, you know, puppet master, I guess, in a way. Yeah, I think it's good. And I think we haven't had a really, um, kind of compelling female villain on the show before really. Um, I mean, unless you, unless you're kind of thinking Ava, but, um, I don't really include Ava on that list. So, yeah, I think it is definitely um, a different type that we haven't really had before, and she's pretty brutal. That's the thing too. Um, so yeah, I do really enjoy it. The kind of casual racism on the show of like, yeah, like you're saying the line about we like the darker varietal. It's like, it's another thing I'm not entirely sure you'd get away with in 2017, but um, you seem to be able to get away with it uh, back in 2006 when this was airing. Um, yeah, it's, it's just kind of real casually thrown in, isn't it? So, you, so you wouldn't honestly classify Ava as a villain? That's interesting. Well, I think she's not. I, th- I think there's a difference between being a villain and being a. Um, um, I'm trying to think of the right word. Um, you know, she's she, she's more of an annoyance, isn't she? She's. Um, I, I don't think she's really a villainous type of character. I, you know, I don't th- because I think that I associate the end of kind of season two as being more about um, you know the, the setup of the Carver than I do kind of you know Ava's this horrible person and yeah I think. Yeah, to me, this feels like our first real female villain. Interesting, interesting. I mean, I, I think it kind of like on the grand scheme of things, if you look at each season and who the big bad is, I mean, to me, Ava's definitely the big bad of season two. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I can see your point for sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think kind of the interesting thing here we get with James is that, you know, it's sort of, she's not necessarily the big bad. She's kind of got a boss, um, which makes things, I think, even better when we get to that in this season. But I just, yeah, I just love the character of James. I think she's so laid and so interesting uh, and kind of just what we keep finding out with her as we go along. Um, I like kind of when we got this shopping scene here when Christian's got this flipping watch. It's a Jaeger. Now, this is, again, there was a third watch, uh, I think the third or fourth episode of uh, season one. There was kind of a storyline revolving around a, a Jaeger Reverso, like as in some really expensive watch. To me, these watches are ugly. I don't get why they're expensive because you can flip them around. Like, what is the purpose of that? I don't understand it. Sorry to all watch fans listening to this. Um, but uh, they're, you know, trying to find an engagement ring and uh, they come across a $165,000 ring. Um, I love it when Sean's like looking at the one ring and he's like, oh, I like this one. And Christian's like, that's what they sell to teenagers who knock up their girlfriends. Um, but like, you know, Sean's kind of like, oh, it's a little out of my range. And then Christian's just like, you bang the night nurse, Sean. Yeah, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you wish you could spend $165,000 on an engagement ring? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah, you're talking to the wrong person, really. I'm, I'm not a jewellery aficionado. Um, so, yeah, it all, it all seems like an incredible waste of money. Um, but, yeah, that, that's just me. I thought you were Mr. Bling. Um, I think I spent, like, $800 on my engagement ring. Is that a bad thing to admit on air? Uh, <laughs> she'll never listen. It's, um, I, uh, well, what do they say? Is it supposed to be, like, two months' worth of salary? So what's two months of podcaster salary and just, and just work it out? Zero dollars. Uh- <laughs> yes. I mean, I was, what was I doing when I proposed to her? I was working at Sanity, so like I probably would not have been making $400 a month, so, you know, probably overpaid, but anyway. Um, but I, I kind of like this scene when, uh, you know, Christian's driving in his Lamborghini here with Sean and we see Matt picking up rubbish on the side of the road and um, yeah. <laughs> Christian going off and then Sean's just kind of like, well, you know, what's wrong with it? You know, he's not dating Nazis or transsexuals. Um, so what really do you want from him? Uh, and it obviously leads into um, Matt in the sauna with Kimba. 
Because, you know, she's done so well for herself after getting brutally sort of attacked and ravished and all this sort of stuff that she can afford a rich house with a sauna. I had a friend in primary school who had a sauna. I just, I never got the idea. So was that in her house? Yeah. Cause like, what's Matt doing there, like, naked in her house? I assume that was at the gym. No, because he says, she says, like, um, this is pretty cool that you have a sauna in your house, in her condo. Oh. Because that's what he says to her. And um, she's like, yeah, no, I just splurged. I thought it was, like, good for me or something like that. So, yeah, that's in her condo. Um, but kind of, you know, we obviously get this kind of sort of talking about, you know, cleansing and, you know, you're an addict because you're on antidepressants and we're all addicts, Matt. Like, she's just kind of going all preachy here, old Kimber. Um, and kind of, you know, Matt saying, like, oh, what kind of man are you looking for this time around? Oh, someone who has havingness. What the fuck is havingness? Uh, <laughs> come on, Kimber. Yeah. Is this like a Scientology thing? Um, I mean, I might cap it just here because I think kind of we'll, we'll save Dawn separately. But, I mean, you know, it's kind of just some setup really for this episode, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And, and I think they kind of really lean into this, you know, the, the, the kind of Scientology thing quite heavily, don't they? That they kind of, you know, they, they kind of make it seem like um, it's an absolute crazy religion thing. So, yeah, I mean, it, uh, if, if the idea here is to try and um, sell this religion as being absolutely nuts, well, they're doing a good job of that. And uh, speaking of nuts, he's Rosie O'Donnell. Um, <laughs> we, yeah. we meet Dawn Barge. Here she is. She's won $381 million uh, on the Powerball. I love her accent. Like, where would you call that accent? It's kind of almost like a Boston-y sort of accent, but it's... Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's like rural Massachusetts. I can never say that that word. Um, but it, you know, it's just. I thought it was. I thought it was quite um, almost like Jersey. Okay, oh, yeah, Jersey. Yeah, it's kind of in the vicinity of New England somewhere. Um, but it's kind of just you know the the way I just, I just think she pulls it off really well. It's not like freaking Sal Perry with stupid Boston, you know. Uh, like clearly, you're yeah. not a Sykes fan. Like you know, this is like actually sounds pretty good. Um, so she's won the Powerball. She wants some liposuction. Um, and she, her daughter's there. She wants some tits. Her husband wants some, uh, a penis enlargement. Um, and I just love the way, um, just their dynamic between the sort of this whole family. The way she's kind of like, you know, oh, a pudge budge, it's gotta go. And, you know, and then she's like, can you sew her mouth shut? Like, legitimately have a zipper on there. Um, and then, like, what is he talking about? Her daughter's belly button. It's like, it's bigger than your penis. Um, and then when she's talking about, like, the, uh, the mirrors, like, King Louis, uh, you know, from the yeah. Versailles, you know, in France. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really good, like, yeah, it is just really funny, like, they just, they, they do play it up to, you know, for her to be, like, it's complete, like, country hick, don't they? Complete white trash. And, like, what what is the bit yeah. where um, they're talking about, like, oh, you know, you didn't want to come here or something like that because you were watching uh, The Ghost Whisperer. It's the first of a two-parter and you've already seen it or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> She's kind of saying it. Um, and then just, you know, flaunting the money because, you know, Short and Christian are kind of questioning, like, well, you know, uh, Mallory, do you want this? And, you know, does your husband want this? And then, obviously, uh, you know, oh, screw it. I'll pay you. I'll pay you triple. Uh, so once again, clearly Christian and Sean not learning from the past when it comes to taking money. Um, but I just, I don't know. I just think it's such a fun introduction scene. I just kind of love this storyline. Like she'll be back in a couple of episodes and obviously she's kind of a recurring character at least once a season. But I mean, I kind of think this is, you know, the ongoing trope with her will be that she just has such bad luck, even though she's won the lottery. But, uh, I just kind of like the setup they've got for her here. Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, yeah, it's really good. Um, and you know, you've got this whole thing about, you know, she's basically forcing her family into getting surgery is, is pretty, it's a pretty funny setup, really. Yeah. Yeah. What would you do with $381 million, Nick? Would you buy New Zealand? I reckon you can pay for it twice, couldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I could definitely get uh, a decent sized town all to myself, just make myself the mayor. <laughs> And be on the shit towns of New Zealand uh, Facebook page or <laughs> yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. Um, so, meanwhile, Sean and Christian are talking about buying Matt a Porsche, uh, bribing him with it. Uh, you know, Julian will never know about it. Hmm, I wonder if that's going to, um, you know, come back to bite them. Meanwhile, uh, Nurse Linda, as again, just ever interrupts because there's a woman in uh, Christian's office. James is here to see Christian, says that there's a payment due of $100,000 on Friday. 
and she shows some pictures of uh, Christian and Michelle sort of getting it on. Uh, and basically, uh, you know, this is what, uh, I need. And then what does she say? Like, oh, I'll knock down the first payment, uh, if you give me a hand job. And the way Christian's like, oh, and he's like, oh, don't be so vulgar. I want you to fix my hand. <laughs> then just the way he's like, oh, I thought vampires didn't age. Um, and then the way he's kind of like, oh, but you know, surgery, any numbers of accidents could happen. Uh, and it's like, oh, you know, I'll make sure that these photos make it to the destination. It just reminds me of Christian and Ava in season two, just kind of the way they play off each other. Not quite as flirtatious as Christian and Ava, but there's still definitely something there. Yeah, I think so. And, um, I, I do like the whole thing of like, I want a hand job. And it's like, well, what do you expect him to think? You know, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. So funny. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Christian, uh, sorry, Sean's back at home telling Julia that, you know, oh, we should buy Matt a car. To which Julia replies, are you having an affair? <laughs> It's like, you know, what did I say about kind of Julie is not really that annoying to me this season? This episode might change my opinion. Um, <laughs> but, like, just when she turns around and I accuse him of having an affair because he's spent $500 in phone calls to sex lines. Uh, like for- 1900 you come. <laughs> I mean, you know, Cindy Plum, sure. Like, you know, ring her up once to kind of, you know, but obviously she's good. He's spending five hundred dollars on phone sex lines, but why does this mean? Yeah, that's that, right. Why does this mean he's having an affair? Like he's having phone sex with a phone sex operator an affair? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, you know, like uh, yeah, it's just, it's, a stra- it's a strange leap of uh, logic, really. There isn't it by by Julia? There's just some of these subtle little things in the coming episodes that Julia does, which you know are clearly there to help out Sean's guilty conscience. But like I don't know. Sometimes it's just a little bit on the nose, but just, you know, the way she's kind of like, oh, I almost understand it. I can't remember when we last made love. I don't know if I've ever complained about this much. I hate it when people call it making love. That's such a stupid (laughs) terminology. Like, let's make love. No, let's fuck. Um... (laughs) Wow. Uh, (laughs) This is kind of like her... her, Go ahead, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, no, you, you went there. You went oh, okay. There. I thought you were going to say something else there. But <laughs> just like her line here when she's like, you ever touch another woman and I'm done. I'm out there. And it's like, ooh, threat, dramatic. And then followed by, you need me to buy you some pornography? What are you into? I don't even know. Girl, girl. Like, it's just so cringy. And like, why does she like need to buy him some pornography? I mean, okay, kind of cool wife here. But, like, surely this is the case where she says, oh, if you want to buy some pornography, you can get some. Call it porn, Julia. Jesus. How much of a prude <laughs> are you? Um, and then, obviously, Sean's like, I won't. I won't ever touch another woman. I promise. You know, we barely made it through Megan. Um, so, yeah, okay. But this also leads into an ultimate proposal, because why not? Who doesn't feel like proposing to a woman after she's accused you of having an affair and offering to buy you porn? Um, but like, can I just point out, like, again, Jolly Richardson's been pretty good this season. I, you know, kind of okay, Julia, this season. This is another one of the terrible acting by Jolly Richardson lines when she's like, what are you doing? When, like, Sean, like, gets the ring out. Um, yeah, I, like, I just, eh, this is just a bit of the cringe factor here, I think, with some of the stuff. And I love this episode, but Julie is just bringing some stuff down for me this episode. Yeah, I always get annoyed when we get this whole thing of like, you know, we barely made it through the last time you cheated on me. Oh, that's right, your your son actually isn't your son because yeah. I cheated on you. Like, <laughs> I, I do feel bad that it, it always seems to go back onto Sean, and obviously we're there because he's, you know, he's had this um, that well, not an affair, you know, but he's obviously slept with Monica. So, you know, this is why this scene's here. But you know, it, it is it is convenient that we just forget that you know she actually you know, had an affair and then lied to him for, you know, 18 years or whatever it was. Yeah, it's just kind of the back and forth. It's just the bipolar nature of Julia, um, which just kind of yeah. just gives me the shits. And this is kind of like, you know, she's been okay this season, but all of a sudden we're back to, if you do this again, I'm leaving you. Um, and yeah, you're right. Like, it's just, it's kind of, she's got a short-term memory, old Julia, and I guess poor old Sean's just going along with it again. Um, so yeah, no, I, I agree with you completely. Uh, meanwhile, Sean's back in the surgery. Morning, partner. She said yes. Um, oh, she's married. And then, um, not married, engaged. And obviously, oh, did you tell Matt about the car? Oh, you know, I ordered it. I, I love kind of, what does Christian say? Like, oh, maybe we should like, you know, not do the car. And yeah, Sean's ordered this $100,000 Porsche. Um, so, you know, why not? 
Um, and I kind of like Christian here, how he finds a way to get some money out of poor old Dawn because, you know, she's talking about, oh, well, I'll be bruised. I'm going to go, you know, buy all the size 10s at Saks, you know, TJs. Um, it's like, you know, we can get the white trash, we can suck all the fat out of you, but I can't really get the white trash out of you. How about, you know, for a price, I'll be your queer eye. And what does he say? Like, are you gay? <laughs> it's like, no. Uh, it's like, you know, beauty's pain, Dawn, suck it up. Um, and yeah, so basically, uh, you know, he's going to pay the money by Friday for the share of the car. And, uh, we kind of get, uh, the song Money, which, uh, Money, that's what I want by the Flying Lizards. I kind of felt watching the scene that you might not have been a fan of this, uh, song. I don't know. Why did I think that? Um, it's all right. I mean, it, it, it fits in with the, with the scene really well. So yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, I didn't jump out of my seat with excitement, but I don't think it wasn't bad either. It's just a fun scene, though, kind of like, you know, with this sort of montage in between the surgery of, uh, you know, Dawn getting, like, waxed and just the look on Rosie O'Donnell's face. She's a great face actor, Rosie O'Donnell. And they're just kind of like the lipstick and she's chewing the gum and that poor woman's, like, trying to, like, do lipstick on her face. It's just so funny. I just love it. It's just one of these random scenes that I love it. Um, I don't know if you have anything to add on that. I mean, I'm moving through these pretty quickly, but uh, I don't know if you kind of wanted to add or just jump in here or nothing really to discuss at this point. No, I think I think I think it is really good, and I think you know we always go back to the kind of cut scenes that we have. You know, we're we're putting two scenes together. Um, you know that that are obviously playing out at different times, and yeah, no, it, it is really good, and um, yeah, I I think they do a really good job of, of kind of selling that. You know, she's this kind of real country hick or whatever it is. You know, can't even um, stop chewing gum for five seconds. Um, yeah, no, it, it is really good. And, you know, I, I do like that kind of, um, you know, Christian's kind of, um, you know, going to take advantage of the situation. He's, he's going to make it work for him. Like $381 million, that's a lot of money. Which I think kind of in the grand scheme of things, charging her a hundred grand, that's nothing. Like, I mean, I think kind of, you know, I've always thought if I was to win a shitload of money like that, like I, I'm really good with money for the most part. So I would kind of, you know, budget it out to kind of work out how I could live off it comfortably, give myself like a salary each year, if you know what I mean, uh, and then kind of invest a bunch, give a bunch away, and then just kind of, you know, use a bunch to just splurge the shit out of. I just want to be one of those people who could be like, fuck it, let's go to New York and fucking spend a million dollars here, you know what I mean? And just, like, just live it up for a week, you know, spend a $100,000 on a random person to do shit for you and just stuff like that, you know? I just think it would be kind of fun to just splurge, but... I also think that saying that in person is a, is a lot different to if you actually won the money. <laughs> and then kind of like how it obviously would change your life. But, um, I mean, $100,000 in the grand scheme of things is just nothing. You know, even like in a couple of episodes when she comes back and she said she spent, what, like $20 million. I mean, she's still got $360 million left. <laughs> so Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, it's more than a quarter of a billion dollars she's won. So it's, it's absolutely crazy. Um... So, Sean and Christian show up to Matt's outdoor school again with the Porsche. The car's yours if you want it. Um, and then, you know, kind of, oh, what's the catch? Oh, more family dinners. We need to see you around the house uh, a little bit more. And he obviously kind of has a bit of, Matt has a bit of a fantasy with Kimba. This is a hot car, Matt. Uh, and then I kind of just love the way he's like, oh, I'm going to need satellite radio. And then drives off. Uh, and Christian again pulling off this uh, striped pink salmon shirt. Uh, I'm really noticing the fashion all of a sudden. I don't know what it says about me. Um, so he, uh, Matt's got the car, shows up, shows Kimba, and is like, oh, you know, uh, it's a nice car, Matt. And then kind of was Kimba, why do you think you deserve this Porsche, Matt? <laughs> and then basically they're bribing you, you know, give me your phone. You can't be a part of this. You've got to be stronger than ever uh, basically here now. So Kimba's kind of putting a foot down here for poor old Matt. He's just finally got a brand new car, but nope, he's she's kind of taking control here. Uh, meanwhile, Sean and Julia are looking at cakes. We've got Simon, the wedding planner. Services start at $25,000. Holy crap. Uh, I just said about a second ago, spending $100,000 for somebody. Like, $25,000 for a wedding planner? Like, when I was planning a wedding, we were barely trying to spend, like, $5,000 on the whole thing. That was impossible, nearly. Like, (laughs) you know... $25,000 $25,000 on a wedding planner. I guess if you can spend $125,000 on an engagement ring, um, then $25,000 nothing. But he needs assistance. He's going to have to, like, wait to the new year. Basically tells Julia she's fat. Uh, <laughs> you know, you'd use to drop a few pounds. Um, and then, you know, Julia's kind of like, oh, you know, I don't want sort of a big deal. Like, I just kind of want, you know, Matt, Connor, 
Annie, that's all. You don't want Annie there. She's not invited to weddings. We've seen how that's worked in the past. Uh, <laughs> Annie never gets invited to weddings. Um, but meanwhile, Matt shows up. Here's Kimber. And here's a, an assistant. Now, uh, you probably would have no idea who this woman is. This woman's called Parker. But uh, the actress's name is Adria Dawn. And again, this is another one of the popular alumni from Ryan Murphy's stable. And anybody who's ever watched Popular would remember the esteemed April Tuna. You cannot forget April Tuna once you watch Popular. And I, this is like, I got so excited. I remember the first time I ever saw this episode. Like, oh my God, it's April Tuna! Uh, so good old Ryan Murphy once again, uh, going back into the, the realms of his, uh, you know, Rolodex or whatever you want to call it to, uh, to get someone, um, to get back there. She looks so different here compared to what she does on, uh, on Popular. Uh, but yeah, so they're basically there to report a parental kidnapping. Um, so they're like stealing everything, uh, well not stealing everything, taking everything away from Matt, you know, just, uh, clothes, essentials. Uh, we get a good old scene of Sean losing his temper again by smashing this phone. Um, but it's kind of like a really tense scene. I kind of like this scene, just the way like Kimber is obviously standing up to, you know, Chris, uh, to Sean and Julia, you know, like you're using your money as a replacement as love and just Julia. Like I said a second ago that Jolly Richardson was bad at acting. I think this is a great scene. The way she's like, how many more men in this family do you have to corrupt? Um, and you know, Matt, I can't say here would be repressed. And just the way kind of Kimber reacts and just the way she's like, Oh, nice ring. See, it worked on you too. Um, yeah, I just, I just really like this scene. I just kind of think it's so tense and well acted and just, uh, yeah, I, I think it's, you know, not going to probably make our fo- t- top five at the end of the year, maybe a top 20 scene, but uh, I just really like this scene. Yeah, and I think it's, um, you know, it's good. And I, I do like that reminder, you know, that, that Sean does have these anger issues and you like this, the smashing the phone. It's, it's pretty intense, eh? It's, yeah, it, it's, it is good. Um, it's probably not going to leave much of an impression with me, I have to say. But, um, yeah, it is well acted in the moment. Um, yeah, I, I do like this whole thing of, you know, just going back a little bit about, you know, the the wedding. And it's like, you know, paint me a picture of your perfect wedding. And Sean's like, you know, at some cathedral, he's like, then we're going to the Shaw Club for the, the reception. 300 people. So 300 people? That's Oh my god! I didn't know Sean knew that many people. It's not like, they've got like a massive family. Like he, he appears to be an only child. I think she sounds like she's an only child. Like where are they getting all this family from? That you know they need three hundred people. Is he basically just going to invite every, you know, every bloody patient he's ever had to turn up at his wedding? That's ridiculous. <laughs> where, I mean, was it that many at uh, Christian's wedding? Uh, um, I mean, was he? And is that the same church? What are they talking about? Like St Mary's Cathedral? Is that the same like epically large church that Christian was getting married at? Um, yeah, probably is, eh? Yeah, that's that's a good point. I, I kind of didn't note that down. Um, 300 people. I don't, I don't even know 300 people. Like, I think I've got... No. Like, you know, you look at my Facebook friends list and I've got a lot more than that, but I think that's just kind of... It's grown over the years just through Survivor people and I've just kind of just not culled it in a long time. If I was to cull that, the people I actually know uh, and care enough to talk to, um, then it's going to be a very small number. <laughs> So, hello to all my Facebook friends, if you're listening. Uh, so, we've got James having a hand worked on after hours, you know, don't tell Michelle, and just kind of, you know, a nice little scene here about James, how she's not a lesbian, but she's, you know, only been with one woman, uh, you know, I was in love with her, but feelings not reversed, and we kind of got this weird French music going on in the background, um, and yeah, I just kind of like this bit where, like, James, the way she's kind of like, oh, you're cute when you squirm. Uh, and just, you know, just the way they play off again. I think you said in an episode a long time ago, I've said multiple times that, you know, Julian McMahon just has chemistry with everyone. Um, but yeah, I just kind of just love the way these two pay off each other. Uh, and yeah, so gets a 75 grand, next payment due next Friday. Uh, and Christian's kind of like, look, I don't know where I'll get it. Um, and then, uh, clearly, you know, she's just like, oh, look, I'm sure you're, you're a smart man. You'll find out how to do it. Uh, then we get, um, Dawn and uh, Christian going back into her house and she looks in the mirror, I'm gorgeous, almost as gorgeous as my house. And then Christian's look like Liberace took a dump in here. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, so basically Christian says, oh, give me another 75k, I'll be your interior decorator. And then I just love the way Christian's like, and there'll be no references to the Confederation flag, country music or NASCAR. 
And then the wife's like, oh, but what about my Dale Earnhardt, Earnhardt shrine? You've got to see it. It's so good. <laughs> like... He's a NASCAR driver, in case you didn't realise that. Um, yes, yes. No, I, do, I, I didn't know that, much. Okay, just just there. But as they walk up the stairs and go into the room, what just happens to be happening? Her daughter, Mallory, and her husband are having sex. Uh-oh. Um, I, just, I love the way she reacts. Like, I just wanted to try out my new tits. Uh, and it's like, well, isn't this rich? Even richer than me. Um, and just like, oh, it's, it's not what it looks like. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like, this is just kind of the trope with poor old Dawn that, yeah, she's just pretty much the worst luck, really, from this point on. So, to me, if she's testing out a new tits, why is she still wearing a bra? That's kind of the point, I guess. Like, yeah, if this was uh, Showtime or HBO, she wouldn't be wearing that bra. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she's not wearing any panties, so, you know, it's all right to see a bum. But uh, I think yeah. I think it would have been more appropriate for them to turn around and say, "Oh, I'm just trying out my new penis." Like, if he's got a penis enlargement, like, wouldn't that be more appropriate? Yeah, true. That would have been good. Yeah, but <laughs> oh, poor old Dawn uh, <laughs> walked in on the. I don't know if you have anything to kind of add really on this or kind of the the hand scene from before. Well, I mean, and she's you know like in the moment she is not all that phased by it, you know apart from that line which you just said there isn't too much more other than that but it's the kind of the reaction that we'll get in a few episodes from her really so it's a bit of a delayed response but um, yeah and obviously you, the, the, what's implied is that this isn't the this isn't she doesn't kick them out um, because as we find out a little bit later they kind of leave under their own volition so yeah it's it, it, it's um, it, it's kind of a a sad scene, but it, it gets uh, it gets sadder, I guess. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, so we then have what are we up to here? Um, oh, Sean's calling Christian, uh, and then we see uh, Sean and Christian with this guy who's like, "Oh, you know, uh, I'm the best that money can buy. I'll help get your son back because he's been kidnapped." Now, just remember that line: <laughs> "I'm the best money can buy." Really? Like this guy sucks. <laughs> I, I like that. This just reminds me of you. I don't know if you remember that episode of The Simpsons where, um, you know, um, Bart goes to live with Mr. Burns, and they get that guy that like the, the reprogrammer, oh, and you know, and he accidentally, and, and instead of getting Bart, he gets Hans Molman instead, and so Hans gets reprogrammed to think that he's um, Bart Simpson. Ah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. And I, so I always just think of that episode when I see this thing. It's just like, yeah, you're right. The best money can buy, and it's it's not. Not great, is it? We're going to get to him in just a second. But, um, you know, obviously this guy's like, oh, you know, and if, if we can't get Matt, then, the, you know, the rift between you guys will be wider than it is. And it's like, well, it can't really get wider than it is right now. Well, I mean, you know, yeah. hire someone better. Like, who? what even is this job? Like, he's not a private investigator. I mean, he's not a bounty hunter. I mean, what is he? Is he like Mike from Breaking Bad? He's just like a fixer? Like, pfft, I don't even know what he is. <laughs> Yeah, I always think of him as you yeah, being like a reprogrammer, you know, like somebody that, you know, yeah, it's 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 ill-defined at best. Mr. Storbeck, I think his name is here that I'm seeing here, William Allen Young. Um, interesting. Um, but, yeah, so we kind of get uh, Julia on the phone, uh, obviously talking to Matt, uh, you know, saying, like, oh, after what he did, I don't really want to talk to him either. And then, like, she just goes off at Sean, Um you know, basically going on here about like, oh, you know, we're not a family anymore. And then uh, Sean says he's hired someone. Oh, and you didn't tell me. This is again, just back to bipolar Julia. Here she is again, like just going off at Sean. Um, yeah. And, you know, we're just going to get them getting married at the end. Like, it's just, it's, it's so like, Sean, like, come on, man. Like, move on. <laughs> like, it's just not working out. Go back to Monica. Um, I just, I don't know if I really want to say too much about this, because it just it gives me the shits, Julia. This I was liking you this season, Julia. You've taken it away from me. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's there's there's much more to be angry about Julia than this, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's not great all the same. Yeah, but this kind of leads us into this scene of Matt leaving church, high-fiving everybody, you know, cool, see you guys. To this, when we get this fixer a guy, reprogrammer, and his goons in the van who can't even kidnap Matt properly. They, like, go to grab him, and in the meantime, he just basically, like, kicks him out of the way. <laughs> they go on this chase scene and are scared off by a bunch of Scientologists in blue shirts. 
Like these guys yeah. sucks. <laughs> They just, they just, they just want to talk. Yeah, just, just want to talk. Just want to talk. Um, I mean, it's a nice little tense scene, but I've written here, best money can buy, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is just like, oh God, I, I don't even know. Um, but anyway, so somehow Dawn knows where Christian lives. Uh, everyone knows where Christian lives. Like this is just, it's, it's on toilet stalls all across Miami. Like, come to Christian's house. He'll, he'll be fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, she kind of comes inside. I love how, like, she's like, oh, this is nice. Although the black thing's a little bit gay. <laughs> so, yeah. You want a drink? Oh, you know, I'll have a white wine spritzer. That's classy, right? Um, and then kind of, you know, obviously talking a little bit about, you know, she's heartbroken and how they've, like, left. And what does he say? Like, Mallory, I can understand, you know, because Dwight, he's so hunky. <laughs> Uh, and then it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, it's a nice thing. Cause I think kind of everything through Dawn, which is kind of played for laughs, she kind of, you know, it is similar to Mrs. Grubbin that, you know, it's kind of played for laughs, but when you actually get to the crux of this character, like, you know, you've got to feel for this woman. Cause she's basically saying like, you know, at least Dwight loved me before the money. Now that anyone who's going to be with me is only going to love me because of the money. Um, so, you know, you kind of feel a bit bad for her. But then she disappears, lays on Christian's bed, and is kind of like, oh, I just want to buy a night with you. And that's kind of your line before. I wouldn't sit in the toilet seat for you for $100,000. It's like, look, name your price. And it's like, four hundred grand, 10 minutes, strictly missionary, and nothing kinky. <laughs> Which, let's be honest, it's not the first time I've ever heard that sentence said. Um, <laughs> but, um, I do like that I like that it's not just as name your price sexy man. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I, I do love like this scene cause like, um, you know, this won't make our top five cause I think there's kind of other funnier scenes we can put on here, but like, this is just hilarious and it's kind of, it's iconic in a way cause I actually remember a lot of interviews being done around this time. I think like Julian McMahon was on, maybe he was on The View or he's on something like that when Rosie O'Donnell was on there and they kind of like told stories about this that, um, I think it was Julie McMahon brought the rug that they had sex on um, to, like, give it to Rosie O'Donnell as a gift. Um, and just kind of... Oh, really? Yeah, they just kind of, like, played it up as a joke because they were just saying, like, how funny this whole situation was. Um, but I just love this scene when they're having sex. And Tom Fudge is just like, oh, I'm really worried about Brittany and K-Fed. <laughs> it's like, are you even in yet? And it's just like, keeps going. She doesn't shut up. Zip it, Dawn. <laughs> it's just... I love this scene so much. I- I'm not going to make a case as I did, like, you know, for the episode a week ago about making the final five. But, I mean, if we're stuck for ideas, uh, I might bring this up. But, yeah, I just love this scene. I do like um, the got any mac and cheese line. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> it's just like she's spending $400,000 to, like, have sex with this dreamy man. And she's just laying there like, eh, I'm so worried about K-Fed and Britney. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of, um, what is this sort of at the end of it there? Even after it's finished, she's kind of like, oh, that was disappointing. Uh, and then, you know, obviously he's kind of like, you know, you're a mean, selfish bitch, Dawn. I needed the money for someone I think I'm in love with. And then, you know, Dawn sort of lied about money can't buy you love, you know, thinner thighs. Absolutely. (laughs) I kind of love that little throwaway line she has. Um, Back at Sean's, he's packed his bag. He's ready to be kicked out. Sean's just used to it now. <laughs> but, oh, oh, what a surprise. Julia's changed her mind. <laughs> she's all good with Sean now. The line that I had to laugh about, the way, uh, you know, she's kind of like, oh, you know, uh, you, you're looking out for Matt, which is great. I've been so busy worrying about Connor and Annie. Have you? Like, we're already, like, <laughs> yeah. fifth episode into the fourth season and already Connor's invisible. Like, for God's sakes. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. he's off hanging with Annie in fucking Epcot, isn't he? Like, where is she? I mean, we're going to see her in a minute. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, but you know, this ultimately leads to Julia's found Sean's old wedding ring. Will you marry me, Sean McNamara? Oh, you know, how romantic. Um, Just, ugh. Just, like, again, just this whole back and forth between Julia and Sean, and they're meant to be back together already, and they're already giving me the shits with this sort of stuff. Um, Meanwhile, Christian gives the $400,000 to James, gets all the photos and the negatives, 
Um, and yeah, it's kind of uh, a nice little scene, you know, when it's like, oh, the joy of true love and having it and having it being resyndicated. There's nothing better than that. You know, I hope it works out both for you. So you think that's it? You think, okay, cool, it's done. But this is what I love about James. This is what I love about her character. She's so, like, manipulative that, you know, she's gotten away with Christian. She's gotten 500 grand. But what's she going to do now? Okay, let's go back to exploiting poor old Michelle. Because uh, we haven't really had Michelle this episode except for the beginning. So... She's waiting inside of uh, Michelle's car, and basically this is time now to blackmail her. Like, I'll tell Christian, you know, Christian doesn't need to lose this and uh, everything along those lines. I need your skills. And uh, obviously Michelle's like, I told you I would never do that anymore. Um, And Jane's like, look, we're short on girls. You know, I'm sorry. We need to do this. Um, And I I just love this kind of ending where it's sort of, it's uh, this song, which is uh, Give Me Shelter by the Rolling Stones, is it not? (laughs) Am I saying? Yes, it is. Yeah. Am I saying like, oh, yeah, this song? It's, it's, but it's a famous song, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, I mean, this is, uh, I mean, it's something I've always noticed about the show, but um, Ryan Murphy's obviously like a really big Rolling Stones fan. And, you know, the songs keep coming up. We've already had, uh, what have we already had? You can't always get what you want. Oh. Um, we've had Wild Horses, I think. It, uh, oh, yeah, that was in the, the season two finale. Mm-hmm. Um, but we seem to get quite a lot because we're going to get another one in a couple of episodes as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I mean, Gimme Shelf is my, my favourite Rolling Stones song as well. So, yeah, no, I, I really enjoy this. It's good. Yeah, just kind of the little montage we get at the end, which is, you know, Michelle waiting in a bar. We've got um, Christian and obviously with the photos, getting rid of them. Then we've got uh, the wedding. There's Annie. Look at her all done up in a little dress, all happy that her mum and dad are married again. Um, you know, poor old uh, Dawn going back to her apartment. There's a letter saying that they've left. Uh, so she goes in bed crying. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've written here, where's Liz? Like, where's Liz? I know she's kind of had a kidney stolen, but she's going to be back in a minute. Like, surely she could be there in a wheelchair or something like that. Um, but this guy at the bar, now, I remember watching this for the first time, like, the episode. Now, this, this guy, Rhett Giles, he's actually an Australian actor. Um, because I think at the time, he was actually in Home and Away, which is funny, because, like, he was, um... It wasn't too far removed. I'm just looking at his IMDb here. He played like a principal who got with a character and kind of at the time he was, you know, hadn't really crossed over into like America. Uh, so like, I think this was kind of like the first time I'd ever seen him in anything outside of Home and Away. So I'm like, oh my God, it's Paris from Home and Away. Uh, so, you know, it ran in there. And just, I'm looking here. He actually is in an episode of Lost, but did he go on third watch? No. So we can't tick off all three there, sadly. For um, dear old Rhett Giles. But obviously Michelle's at the bar, picks him up, and then we find out that, da-da-da, plot twist, it's not just the whole uh, idea of her being an escort. She's actually involved with the organ harvesting that we saw with Liz because we're going to see this poor old guy on the bed, knocked out unconscious. James shows up with a little cooler bag, and Michelle's going to chop out his kidney. Uh, and it's kind of just like, I just, I just love this twist. Cause I, again, remember watching this for the first time, never kind of connecting the dots. Like what happened to Liz was connected to Michelle. And I kind of love this fact that like, this is kind of what it is. This is, you know, really what she's actually doing. And this isn't even everything. Like there's more to come with this story this season, which again, ties it so beautifully into season one. Uh, it's kind of just like a nice round circle. So yeah, I just love the way this episode ends. I just think it's, it's great. Yeah, no, it's really good. So, like, I've got a couple of things there, and I think um, one of the things I really like is the um, is kind of the moment where James walks into the the hotel room, and you just see the back of of Michelle kind of sitting on the edge of the bed with her, you know, her gloved hand kind of just you know, like kind of outstretched, and it, it's it's just really cool. Like, it just makes her feel like she's doing this robotic action that she she doesn't want to be doing, but you know, she's kind of stuck in the situation. Um, the other thing I'm, I'm, I'm quite interested in your take too is um, the wedding scene. So obviously, you know, we get the whole thing of they get married and, you know, the whole family and then the camera pans to Christian with this look on his face. Um, and, you know, like, the, uh, am I missing something? Because kind of like at the end of, you know, Christian's got what he wanted, hasn't he? More or less that he's got, you know, he's brought Michelle out as far as he's aware. Um, and all of a sudden he's, you know, he should be in a, in a happy place, but he's looking absolutely miserable at this, this quote unquote, you know, that, well, it is a wedding. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Was there, was there something that I'm missing there? I kind of take it that he's looking on to that and he's like thinking of Michelle and that he's like maybe for the first time going like, oh, fuck, I'm in love with her. So kind of like, I don't know, like he's in a situation where that's what he's thinking of. Uh, that's, that's kind of what I take from it. 
um, which, right. look, you know, I don't know if kind of that's necessarily right or not, but I, I've just always kind of assumed that, yeah, like you're right, like he's got, he's cleared up Michelle and everything, but to me it's a case of he's thinking of Michelle because it kind of, it goes right back to the first scene of the episode where he's kind of like going like, I'll oh, stay, and she's kind of like, you know, I can't. Uh, and that's obviously going to lead us into kind of what we've got in the coming weeks, kind of with this whole Michelle uh, storyline with Christian. So this, this to me, is him realising he's in love with her. Because, you know, when James asked him that question earlier this episode, he just he didn't say no, he didn't say yes, he just didn't answer. So um, I, that's just that's kind of how I've always read it. Right, okay. Yeah, I'm probably just overanalyzing it, but it's, I just always find that quite an interesting expression on his face for, you know, like a moment that he should actually be starting to be happy. He... Uh, yeah, I, I'm not. Maybe it's just one of those very rare moments where, you know, um, um, I'm completely no, Dylan. Dylan, uh, no, Dylan I'm completely blank on this name. Dylan McMahon. No, no, the other one. <laughs> the Thanks. <laughs> you should edit, you should you should edit that out if you're a good editor. Yeah, um, I but didn't. yeah, I, I, <laughs> I think it's one of those very rare moments where potentially he, he isn't selling it, and it might might be the very first time that I'm maybe feeling that way. So I'm definitely willing to give him some slack here because. Yeah, just it, it feels awkward and not quite the right expression for what's happening in the scene. But yeah, like I say, I'm probably just over overthinking it. Really, I think he's just like all of us. Like, going, oh god, they're married again. They're going to break up next week. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. oh, he's yeah. oh, he's, he's yeah. just shocked. He's going like, who's that little girl hugging them? Like, they didn't have yeah. a daughter. <laughs> Who is she? Yeah, exactly. He's, just, he's yeah. trying to work out. Like, they had another daughter. I think they had another daughter. Um, and good old Annie has been in four out of five episodes this season. Holy crap. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, what's going on here? Um, Scary time. Yeah, but anyway, so uh, that's Dawn Budge. I guess we move into our uh, Evil Review, our review section. Um, now, just to kind of uh, go on the pressure here, Nick, four episodes in, uh, you've bought every single one. You're on a four-by streak. What are you doing for episode five of season four? Yeah, I mean, I'm. I am going to buy it. I mean, it's a it's a good episode. Um, it's probably one of the weaker buys I think of of the five that we've done. But there are still there's heaps to like here. There's it's good setup. Um, the Dawn character is awesome. Like you, you've absolutely got to love that character. So yeah, I mean, it's an it's an easy buy for me. Um, and you know, it, it's just like you, when you're finishing the episode and you and you can't wait to watch the next one. That's a sign that things are going well, in my opinion. And and we're getting that, so that's cool. Uh, yeah, I'm buying two, so we're both perfect this season, uh, and also that means I've had seven in a row if you count the last two of season three, so my longest streak for Nip Tuck, uh, five in a row, and I've actually, since we last recorded, Nick, I actually have gone through and ranked all the episodes at least up until, I've done up to episode 51, which of course will be in two episodes time just in terms of banking them, so I can tell you that I ranked this episode at, I, this is out of 51 episodes, so again, this is by no means saying that this overall will finish in this position, but I've actually put this at number 10 overall out of uh, 51 episodes. So that's why how much I like this episode. I've kind of put it just below uh, Abby Mays from last season, episode 11, and just ahead of uh, Naomi Gaines from season two. So um, my top 10 is actually uh, three season four episodes, three season two episodes, two season one episodes, and two season three episodes. So that's kind of what my top 10 looks like at this point anyway. So... Sure, that would change. Well, I mean, Zick, if you, you know, it's, it's a fun little exercise to go through and rank these and kind of put them in order how you think and how it will change kind of over the time. Because I'm going to do it gradually each episode. Yeah, yeah. I, look, to me, I think probably what's really interesting is that, um, you know, we talked a lot about this season and, and, you know, that it's not always considered to be one of the better seasons. And I think what I'm kind of picking up on here is, is, is actually something quite interesting that I think the season is as a whole is shaping up to be one of the most consistent seasons, mm-hmm. you know, and that it, there hasn't been an absolute stinker of an episode yet, but having said that, I don't think there's been an absolute knockout of an episode either. And, you know, like I think some of those, those season two um, and season one, and probably even a couple of the season three episodes were, were phenomenal. They were really, really good, but you know, especially season three, but even the other two seasons had some not great episodes and this doesn't really have, so far, they're all very, very consistent, and you know, I, I think that's a good thing. But um, potentially, if you if you trying to stay at that height, we're probably not going to. But it's, it's going to be interesting going forwards to see what we think. Well, my top five, I will say, is filled with three season two episodes and a season four and a season one episode. So there's no season three episodes for me in the top five, at least. And my top two are two season two episodes. 
So um, that's kind of where I am with that. But uh, yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's it's an ever emerging beast. This one kind of I'm doing this with all three of our shows that we're covering through Lost Nip Tuck and uh, Third Watch. So, yeah, it's a fun little exercise. I like ranking things. It's kind of what I do, you know? Yeah, cool. Uh, but next week, uh, it's kind of a bit of a milestone in many ways because we officially hit the halfway point. Once we close it out next week, Nick, we are halfway through Nip Tuck. Uh, it is episode 50 overall out of 100. Obviously, that's not including our uh, end-of-season rankings, but even then, you're going to technically classify it's halfway point. Uh, Faith Walper, PhD, and if that name sounds familiar... Of course, it's uh, Miss Brooke Shields. Uh, she's back from the first episode. She's back again. Uh, I, again, I like this episode. I think it's you know it's a it's a great episode. It's got some fun stuff at the very beginning of the episode. Um, there's some interesting stuff. I, I do like Brooke Shields' character. I kind of enjoy sort of this like bit of a plot twist that kind of happens with her in many aspects. And I also kind of just like sort of some resolution stuff that we get with Bert coming back into the picture with Michelle and Christian. I think it just it just works really really well. So yeah, I really enjoy uh, this episode. Yeah, no, I, I, it's um, it, it's an interesting episode. Um, it's nice to start tying in some of these characters, so that you know. And I think it's probably what I like about about season four is it feels like there's a smaller group of characters, like a lot of the, the patient you know names that we get for these title episodes are, are, are people we already know, which obviously we've had before. You know, like Sean and Christian and Julia and. Quentin and you know they've all had their own episode titles before it's not not a first but it does feel like it's a, a much more kind of um, close-knit thing in this season and yeah to me it just makes it feel like it's a bit more well thought out um, it's all interconnected um, yeah so I, I really like that fact of it that's for sure we've got a nice real streak here in terms of our episodes that are either people that we know or just kind of the actors of really big names so obviously like this one we've got you know Dawn Bard Rosie O'Donnell next week Faith Wild for PhD, it's Brooke Shields. The following week, Burt Landau, Larry Hagman. The following week, it's going to be Connor McNamara. Obviously, we know that's their son. Then the following week, it's going to be Liz Cruz, you know, esteemed Liz. following week, Meryl Bobolet. Meryl's back. Joey Slotnick's back. Uh, and then we kind of get the iconic Connor McNamara 2026, which we're either going to absolutely love or we're absolutely going to hate. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's interesting kind of this bit of a stretch that we've got going on. So, yeah, we'll be back next week for the halfway point of Nip Tuck. Faith Walper, PhD. In the meantime, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe on all the channels, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, leave us some feedback while you're there, and we'd appreciate to hear from you in the meantime. My name is Ben, and I'm not a lesbian. And uh, my name's Nick, and I'll throw in an extra 20 if we can do it on the rug. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.